How can you use the right of first refusal in a negotiation? Negotiators are always looking for ways that they can get more value out of their next negotiation. Although there may be many different ways to accomplish this, such as using different negotiation styles and different negotiation techniques, one way that we tend to overlook too often is by negotiating a right of first refusal. Just in case anybody doesn't remember what the right of first refusal is, also known as a matching right or right of first offer, it's defined as being a guarantee that one side to a business deal can match any offer that the other side later receives for what is being negotiated. As negotiators, we need to realize that the rights of first refusal could be a win-win tool that can enhance your negotiating skills, but to ensure that it is mutually beneficial, it needs to be negotiated with care. Make sure to not forget the details. It turns out that just like everything in a negotiation, the right of first refusal requires you to get the details correct. A problem that negotiators seem to always be running into is that deals that guarantee a right of first refusal are too vague about what will happen when one side exercises that right. A good example of this kind of vagueness happens when the right holders fail to negotiate what will happen if they choose to match a competing bid. The question is, when you match a competitor's bid, does this end the competition or will it launch a bidding war? A key point that you always want to include when you're creating a right of first refusal agreement is to specify how long you have to decide whether to match an offer. Time pressure can keep you from successfully matching an offer, so make sure that you negotiate ample time to respond to a competing offer. Make sure that you clearly state the type of first refusal. Just because things are always better if they're more complicated, it turns out that there's more than one version of a right of first refusal. What this means for you as a negotiator is that you're always going to have to explain the type of deal that you want very clearly. Generally, the holder of the right of first refusal only has to match the high bid that seller receives without actually having to engage in the auction. However, there is another type of right of first refusal in which the right holder must accept or reject the seller's specified price before any other potential buyers are offered the same deal. In this case, if the right holder refuses the price, they forfeit the chance to match other offers. Some words of wisdom for negotiators acting as third parties. So, one of the things that any negotiator needs to keep in mind is that our actions may cause the other side to decide to work a right of first refusal into a deal that we're working on with them. If we run into this situation, then we'll be facing a dilemma. If the other side exercises its right of first refusal, you might waste time conducting due diligence and negotiating. But the other side doesn't, if it, the other side doesn't exercise its right of first refusal, you have likely have overpaid. Why? Because the other side probably has better information about the true value of the purchase than you do. For this reason, it's common for negotiators to try to avoid deals that trigger 
a right of first refusal. What all this means for you. As negotiators, what we know is that the more negotiating tools that we have at our disposal, the better the chances are of us being able to reach a deal with the other side. This can be very important if we run into a situation in which the other side is hesitant to do a deal with us because they think that someone else may come along and offer them a better deal. If we find ourselves dealing with this, then perhaps it'll be time to offer the other side a right of first refusal. A right of first refusal gives us the right to counter any offer that the other side might receive from another party. If we decide to include one of these in our next deal, we're going to have to be careful to make sure that we don't forget any of the details. We're also going to have to realize that there are a number of different types of rights of first refusal, and so we're going to have to clearly spell out which one we want to execute as a part of this negotiation. We also have to be careful that our offers to the other side don't suddenly cause them to decide to work a right of first refusal into the agreement that we're working on with them. The goal of any principled negotiation is to find a way to reach a deal with the other side. In those cases that the other side believes that we may not be the only person who wants what they have to offer, the negotiations can drag out and reaching a deal may become elusive. However, with a tool like the right of first refusal, we can get the other side to concentrate on striking a deal with us instead of having to focus on what other people may offer them. Next time you're in a negotiation, make sure that you consider using the right of first refusal as a powerful tool to get the deal that you want.